0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today I want to, and by the way, thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm with you all week this week, 10.30 a.m., Share this when you, as you're jumping on, share it. Today, I want to do something that, man, this gets me extremely uh, stirred up when I study this. And I was looking at it again this morning just in my own uh, personal devotions, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, Speaking of that, by the way, doing personal devotions, I wanted to give you a heads up and let you know that um, we're going to reopen the Bible Study Made Simple course in the fall. Uh, right at the end of October, we're gonna open it up for new students to join us. And uh, this this first session has been amazing. We had, I think, close to 350 students join us and sign up for the first uh, edition of Bible Study Made Simple. And um, I've gotten so many comments back. I've been in church for so many years. I've never heard these things taught. This has helped me in my Bible study so much. I would recommend this to anyone. And so we have over 100 people on the waitlist right now to get into the course when it reopens in the fall. We would love to have you join us. And so if you'd like to uh, get in on the waitlist and be notified, the reason I say be notified, it only opens up for a very short period of time. We open that course up for maybe about seven to 10 days and then it shuts down again until the next time that it's going to open, which is gonna be the spring of 2023. So. If you'd like to join us in the upcoming uh, uh, modules that are gonna be available, you can go to bible.miracleword.com. Bible.miracleword.com and uh, get on the wait list to be notified exactly when it opens so that you can jump in and join us. New videos every single week that will teach you how to properly study the Bible. I was studying this morning and um, one of the topics that always gets my spirit stirred up the the names of God studying the names of God so powerful Um, you know one of the things that we obviously know is that there is the name of God which appeared in the Old Testament which was Yahweh it's really interesting because even those that were followers of God in the Old Testament they understood even how powerful that name was Yahweh in fact so powerful that uh, according to tradition, they wouldn't even say that name. They wouldn't even say it. In fact, they came up with another name that they would say and sometimes even write uh, instead of Yahweh because they understood it's so holy of a name. It's so powerful of a name that they would not even say it and sometimes not even write it. In fact, some, some of the scribes, as they would write the name, they would come to the place in their manuscript where they would have to write the name of God, Yahweh. And uh, by tradition, we know they would go, they'd stop writing, and they would go and they would wash themselves. They'd wash their hands. They'd wash themselves, cleanse themselves before they came back to even write his name. That's how powerful they knew it was. And so they came up with the name uh, Adonai, which just means Lord. And so instead of saying Yahweh, they would say Adonai. Which, was, which is Lord. And sometimes that's written for us. But that name Yahweh in the Old Testament, sometimes we see it in the New Testament as Jehovah. Jehovah. Hallelujah. But one of the things that we recognize as we read through the Old Testament is that the people of God saw the different characteristics of God at work. And when they saw the different characteristics of God at work, they begin to Uh, ascribe to God names, and sometimes he would ascribe to himself names that described his characteristics or what he was doing for his people. And uh, I wanted to take you through just uh, 11 of those today. They were in my devotions and uh, got me all stirred up, man, because there are 11 breakthroughs within these 11 names of God that I'm going to share with you today. Of course, His name is Jehovah, his name is Yahweh, but they would give him a compound name as I'll show you in a moment. And I know you know some of these, maybe you know all of them, uh, but I would be surprised if you did. Many of them are not talked about, many of them are not preached about or taught on. And so I wanna give you this because these characteristics of the Most High God belong to you as a believer. They belong to you as a believer and you can access the power and character of God, even through that name that's above every other name, Jesus. And so I want to, I want to show you these through the scripture. And many times these are just how they appeared uh, throughout the scripture, beginning in Genesis, but the first one, and I'll give you the 11, if you want to put them in the comments, put them in your notes for sure. And remember these, Um, first of all is a name that Abraham ascribed to God. And that number one is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, and uh, J-I-R-E-H, Jehovah Jireh. Um, And you know what it means, the Lord will provide. Sometimes we say the Lord is a provider or the Lord our provider. It means the Lord will provide, glory to God. And we understand that when Abraham went up on the mountain, he thought, I'm taking my son Isaac up here to sacrifice him and and to give him to God. And um, uh, it's amazing because when he got there, that shows you that Abraham believed that even if he did sacrifice Isaac, that God would raise him from the dead because he believed the promise of God, which was what? You will be the father of many nations. And you can't be the father of many nations if you're not even the father of one son. And so he believed in God. And so he took Isaac to the top of that mountain, Mount Moriah. And when he got up to the top, they built the altar. And Isaac, who was also, by the way, willing to be sacrificed. Scholars tell us he was probably about third in his thirties, maybe about 33, when he went up to the top of the mountain with his father. And he was not just laid on the altar, but was willing to lay down on the altar, a picture and a type of Jesus Christ who was willing to lay himself down for the promise of God. And so when he was about to sacrifice Isaac, the angel of the Lord stopped his hand and God saw that his heart would do whatever the Lord asked him to do. But then as to uh, not go without a sacrifice, Abram looks over to the, the bushes and sees that there is a ram that is caught up in the thicket tangled up the bible says and he all he had to do was walk right over and take hold of that ram and bring him back to sacrifice him on the altar to god the supernatural part about this story other than everything is and i mean specifically about the ram is um that you understand if you've studied the bible that god does not accept any kind of sacrifice It had to be a very specific type of sacrifice, right? He didn't just accept anything from his people. In fact, if it was a bull, a goat, a lamb, or a ram, whatever, it had to be what? Spotless. It had to be spotless. And so God did, in fact, when there were um, priests and his people that were following him that would not offer what was proper, God rebuked them. Like in the book of Malachi, you're bringing me your lame and your blind animals, your leftovers, and he rebuked them for it. He only accepted and received a spotless sacrifice. That makes this story that much more miraculous because uh, I was reading about this one time and it was mind blowing because uh, the, the the commentary said that as high up as Abraham was on the mountain, it was even above the vegetation line And there shouldn't have even been animals like that grazing up there because it was out of place. But not only was there an animal up there, it would have have been an animal that God would have accepted as a sacrifice. That means of all the rams that could be caught up in the thicket, are you telling me it's a coincidence that there's a spotless ram that is there caught up in the thicket, just waiting for Abram to get it, just waiting to be sacrificed? No. And Abraham even realize that and he's the one who said no the Lord has provided the Lord will provide and let me read that to you the Bible says in uh, Genesis 22 verses 13 and 14 that's what I'm going to read you and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. That's Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. And so understand it, God was providing a supernatural sacrifice for Abraham. It was not normal. It was supernatural that you turn around and the exact thing you need is right there behind you. Hallelujah. You you need to receive that today. You turn around in the presence of god and the exact thing you need is there by you right within your reach and i'm encouraging you today that this is part of god's nature this is part of god's character that when you're doing what he's called you to do when you're in his presence when you're obeying his word what you need is right there within your reach god has placed it right there within your reach hallelujah put it in the comments, my blessing is within my reach. Put it in the comments, my blessing is within my reach. When you're following God's voice, when you're following his plan, when you're doing what he's called you to do, your blessing is within your reach. No question. No question. That's it, Jackie. My blessing is within my reach in Jesus' name. And the Lord that you serve is a provider. I know they don't want to talk about it today. People are angry about it. People try to go against the teaching and people try to say it's heresy, but you serve a God that's a provider. So too bad for the devil, too bad for the antichrist agenda, too bad for wicked men and women that would try to hold back what God said is yours. Your blessing is within your reach in Jesus' name because you serve a God who is a provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. That's who he is. That's who he is. Number two, he's not just Jehovah Jireh. He's also Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And that means the Lord who heals. That was revealed in Exodus chapter 15. And you can go there with me. But as you know, the lord declared this he declared this it's powerful and uh i'll go to the 26th verse uh of uh exodus 15. exodus 15 26 and again thank you for those that are putting these in the comments but it means the lord who heals he's my healer the bible says in the 26th verse saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. I God was actually saying to them, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord your healer. Let me encourage you today that are watching me. Maybe you're listening to me on the podcast and you're believing God for healing in your body. One thing that you can know is that the God you serve does not change. He is, he does not change. That's what the Bible says in Malachi uh, chapter three. I am the Lord, your God. I do not change. Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13 is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was a healer then, all those thousands of years ago, he is a healer now. Christ is a healer. In fact, he's purchased your healing by his own precious blood. And so you have access. You have access. That verse is uh, Exodus 15, 26, Gina. And uh, those on YouTube, those on Facebook, please put it in the comments for me. You have access to the healing power of God. You're not called to walk through this earth in sickness and in disease. You're not called to walk through falling to every attack of the devil. You're called to walk through in victory, walking in health, walking in healing. It is your promise. It's your inheritance. It's your inheritance. Remember that the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in your physical body. Hallelujah. Dwells in your physical body. And that same spirit, that's a resurrection spirit, a resurrection power. If it can raise someone from the dead, imagine what it can do to your physical body. Imagine what it can do to uh, tumors that try to reside in your body or arthritis that tries to set up in your joints. Imagine what it can do to your eyesight or to your hearing. If it can raise a dead decomposing man, what can that anointing, the Holy Spirit, do to your physical body? You serve a God who is a healer, glory to God. He is a healer and he's not just a healer. I want you to just make this distinction. In fact, as I've been a Christian for so many years and seen in the ministry now, I've been 20 years in the ministry, but I've been traveling with my father for many more years than that, encountering Christians, seeing some who haven't received their miracle. And one thing I've noticed is that it's not that the Lord isn't a healer, he is. But people don't have a hard time saying that. Well, I, do I believe God's a healer? Absolutely. Do I believe he can heal? Absolutely. It's not that they have a problem believing that. But here's what I want you to put in the comments. Not just that he's a healer. I want you to write it in. He is my healer. That's where people struggle. He is my healer. Glory to God. I got a, I got a, a message this morning. People were watching last night on Facebook and had been suffering in their body. And as we were praising and worshiping God, they were watching online. But as we were praising and worshiping God, healing came into their body and made them whole. Just as we were singing, shouting, praising. I'm telling you, you have access to the healer. Hallelujah. He is your healer. And I want you to put that in. That's it. He is my healer. That's right. That is right. He is your healer. Make it personal. Make it personal because he is he is. Praise God. Praise God. I want to give you number three. I know we have 11 to go through, so I want to kind of hit all of them. Number three, his name is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. That's N-I-S-S-I. N-I-S-S-I. Jehovah Nisi. Say, what does that mean? Well, let's go to Exodus uh, chapter 17. And I want you to see this. Israel defeats the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17. And uh, after their victory over the Amalekites, let me read you what happens here. Um, uh, And of course, you know the story. The Bible says that God told them that uh, as long as Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But whenever he lowered his hand, then the Amalekites would prevail. But Moses' hands were growing weary, so they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And while uh, he was sitting, Aaron and Hur held up his hands so that they would never stop winning. And uh, the Bible says they won steadily until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed the Amalekites and his people with the sword. Now look at verses 14 and 15. And then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi, which is the Lord is my banner. Whew, hallelujah. It's the Lord is my banner saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. It is your rallying cry. It's the one, and his, his banner over you is victory. It's a victory banner. That's what, that's what uh, he's saying here. That's what Moses is saying. He's saying that the Lord is the reason we had victory. The Lord is the one who fights on our behalf. It is the Lord God who is our banner of victory, And I'm calling this altar Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, hallelujah. That's why we call you the victory tribe. We are the victory tribe because God is our banner of victory. And we're called to go out to the battle and let God fight our battles for us. And what do we do as the tribe of Judah? We praise. We praise and we worship because we have God as our banner of victory. Hallelujah, 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. Unless it's a leap year, hallelujah. He's our banner of victory. He's Jehovah Nissi. You're not called to be defeated. You're not called to be destroyed. You're not called to be harassed. You're not called to struggle. You are called to victory every day because you're connected to Jehovah Nissi, who is the God, your banner of victory hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Victory is your portion. That'd be great to put in the comments today. Victory is my portion. Why? You serve a God of victory. You serve the God of victory. He's Jehovah Nisi, the God of your victory. He's the one that is the banner of victory. Glory to God. Powerful man. He's Jehovah Nisi. Let me move on now. Number four. Uh, this is one you may not have heard taught on or preached, but this is Jehovah Mekadesh. Jehovah Mekadesh. And it's M apostrophe K A D D E S H. M apostrophe K A D D E S H. Jehovah Mekadesh. That's his name. What does it mean? The Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. Whew. Glory to God. The Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. That's it, Lenin. Jehovah Mekadesh. And I'm going to go to Leviticus 20. Le- Leviticus chapter 20. And this is where you see Jehovah. Maccadesh, and really, that's I think that's the pronunciation. The is on the cad, Maccadesh. Leviticus twenty, listen to uh, verse eight. Leviticus twenty and verse eight, the Bible says, "Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who sets you apart, who makes you holy." I love this, even in the Old Testament, he had to be the one that made his people holy because they were not holy. And it was only through his working, through his interaction that they could be viewed by God as acceptable. He said, I am Jehovah Jehovah Makadesh. I am the one who sanctifies you. I am the one who makes you holy. That's still the same today, hallelujah. Our righteousness was as filthy rags. That it's the Lord who empowers us to be holy even today even today we are not holy because of ourselves we are holy because of the mighty holy spirit who lives within us because of our new creation realities and he said i am the one i am the god who sanctifies you sets you apart makes you holy i love this because i want you to think about this sanctify this word sanctifier to make holy you know what that actually means to be separated That's what's so powerful to be holy or sanctified is to be separated, to be separated. It's like consecrated for, for the use of God, sanctified, separated. Think of it that way. Sanctified, separated, Means I'm not called to look like this world, be like this world, have what they have, live like they live. I am separated. I'm sanctified unto God. That's a powerful thought, man. And it's God who empowers you to be sanctified. It is God who empowers you to be separated. I'm not called to look like everybody else, and neither are you. I'm not called to go through the crises that this world is experiencing. It's not my story. I have access to Jehovah Mekadesh. He is the one who sanctifies me, sets me apart, keeps me holy. He is the one who is consecrating me for his own personal use and because he did we are not called to be like everybody else even with israel they weren't called to look like the rest of the world we they weren't called they had the law given to them they had his statutes as i just read he said follow my statutes you see that keep them and do them and i am the lord who sanctifies you i am the lord who sets you apart who makes you holy glory to god he didn't want Israel looking at like everybody else. He didn't want Israel having what everybody else had. What was the point of the distinction, right? I'll put my hand on you. I'll bless you. You'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. When you come, when you go, I'll put you high above all the nations of the earth. You'll lend to many nations and you will not borrow. He said, I want you looking like everybody else. I want you looking like my people. That's still the same today. God makes a distinction between his people and everybody else. You know why? Because he's Jehovah Mekadesh, the God who sanctifies, sets apart, makes holy. That's who he is. That's who he is. Number five, you ready for this? Everyone needs access to this, especially today. Number five, he is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom the Lord of our peace, glory to God. He is the God of our peace. Put that in, that is uh, number five, Jehovah Shalom. The God of our peace, thank you Jesus. You have access to his nature, his peace comes upon you. The peace of God that passes all understanding comes upon you, that's Jehovah Shalom. Let me, uh, let me show you this, Judges chapter six. Judges chapter six. And of course, uh, you understand that this was um, where God uh, delivered them and brings them peace. Judges chapter six. Let me start reading with verse number um, 25. Or excuse me. Let me start reading with verse... Uh, 23, you ready? Speaks this to Gideon, Judges chapter 6, verses 23 and 24, Judges chapter 6, verses 23 and 24, listen to this, the Bible says, but the Lord said to him, peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die, then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. He called the altar Jehovah Shalom. To this day, it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abizorites. What's happening here? Gideon is called by God to do the work of the Lord. And of course, if you know the story of Gideon, you understand that Gideon didn't have the help he thought he needed, but he had all the help that God sent for him. You know, he goes with an army of, it gets pared down to 300 men What does God say to him here Uh, before any of that? God says to him, do not fear, peace be to you, you shall not die. Glory to God, glory to God. Peace be to you, you shall not die. And he said, I'm gonna build an altar right here. I'm calling the altar Jehovah Shalom because God is my peace. People need access to that today. Maybe you're watching, you need access to that characteristic, that part of the nature of God the peace of God that passes all understanding. That means that it's peace in times where it doesn't look like it should be peaceful, but you have access to his peace because that's part of his nature, it's part of his character, it's who he is. And so I'm gonna pray for every one of you. All these 11 breakthroughs I'm talking about from the names of God, I'm gonna pray at the end of this broadcast that God would touch you today and that whatever it is the devil has tried to use to attack you, is being destroyed by the power of God and the nature of God, which you have divine access to because of your covenant. And here, God encourages Gideon and says, you shall not die. You shall not die. Peace be unto you. You know what the peace of God does according to scripture? Guards your hearts and minds. The peace of God guards your hearts and minds. That's a powerful thought. So that means peace is a shield to, try to, to, to protect you from what the devil tries to use to destroy your heart and your mind. Think of it that way. Peace, in fact, put it in the, in the comments, peace is a shield that protects my heart and my mind. And God said, I will be peace to you. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am the one who gives you peace that goes beyond natural understanding. Others will be confused about the level of peace that you have. That's how they were with Jesus. Remember that they were on that boat. Jesus was asleep on a pillow and the Bible says a storm rose that was so violent that the men who had spent their life on the ocean and on the sea were sure we are going to die. This storm is going to kill us. And they had to wake Jesus up. And you know what they said to him? Don't you care that we're about to perish? It's not that he didn't care. They weren't going to perish because he had already said, let us pass over to the other side. So his word gave him peace. He had peace. He could sleep through the storm. Hallelujah. He could sleep through the storm. I want you to put it in the comments. I will sleep through the storm in Jesus name. I will sleep through the storm and I know there's people that are watching me and listening to me right now that the devil's tried to attack you with uh, depression uh, and spirit of fear, anxiety attacks and all kinds of things. But I'm telling you right now that there's a peace from God that goes beyond understanding that is a shield. It guards your hearts and your minds and that every weapon formed against you will not prosper but you will literally walk in the protection of God and he'll take care of you. You will sleep through the storm in Jesus' name. Doesn't mean storms don't come. Of course they come. What would be the point of beyond understanding? That means that there's times when you shouldn't be peaceful in the natural, but because of the spirit of peace, the God of peace, guess what, you will be and people won't understand it. They won't understand it. How are you so peaceful through all this? How how are you so happy through all this? because I have access to his divine nature. It's one of the breakthroughs that comes through his name. Jehovah Shalom, the God of my peace. Glory to God, glory to God. Let me give you this one because this this is really interesting. Uh, At the very beginning of scripture, Genesis chapter two, uh, the Lord speaks uh, from the heavens and uh, says something very interesting when uh, he's going to um, make man and he's, and he's uh, getting ready to complete his creation with man. It's interesting because uh, this word here is Jehovah Elohim. But Elohim, which people understand, is a plural word. The, the singular is Eloah. And that, that word Eloah actually means uh, the Lord that is mighty and strong. The Lord that is mighty and strong, El Eloah. But this Elohim is the plural. So when the Lord said, let us make man in our image and likeness. It's interesting because when this is used in scripture, Jehovah Elohim E-L-O-H-I-M. Jehovah Elohim. It is the, the word of God declaring that he is the Lord of all lords. He is the God above all gods. Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God, the Lord of all lords, the Lord of all lords. There's no one higher. There's no one greater. He's the God above all. But it also, here's the powerful thing. It also Uh, is something that gives us the doctrine of the Trinity, even from the very beginning of scripture. The very beginning of scripture, let us make man in our image. He's not talking to the angels. Hebrews is clear. Man is not like the angels. Man is not like the angels. Man is made in the likeness and in the image of God. And God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. He's the Lord of all Lords. There's nobody above him. There's nobody beside him. Hallelujah. That'll make you shout. That there's nobody even, not not just above him, there's nobody beside him. What does that mean? Nobody's on his level. I've been in our meetings singing this song that, you know, it's a pretty well-known song now. It's been around for a while. But there's a a part in the bridge. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. That part right there, If you get to the the why of that, that'll make you run around your house. You have no rival. You have no equal. Why? He's Jehovah Elohim. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the God of all God. Nothing above him, nothing beside him. You have no rival. What does that mean? And I break it down this way. Even for a school sports team to have a rival, the rival team has to be in the same league. (laughs) Like if you have a child that's attending school right now, whether it's middle school, elementary, or high school, the New York Yankees aren't gonna show up and play your child's baseball team in a match. They're not gonna come play a game against your child's baseball team. Why? That Your child's baseball team's not on their level. It's not in their league. So the game is not even gonna be scheduled, ever. So they can't, not only can the game not be scheduled, that means it's also impossible for them to be rivals. They can't be crosstown rivals. They can't be rivals of any kind because they're not in the same league. They're not on the same level. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. So when, when you hear me say that, you have no rivals. Speaking of God, the reason that he has no rival is because nobody's on his level. Nobody's in his league. There's people that, you know, they think, well, God's the God of the light and the devil's the God of the dark and, you know, they're, they're arm wrestling. No, 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 they're not on the same level. The devil's defeated. Christ defeated him, stripped him of his power and authority, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, led captivity captive. There's nobody on God's level. Nobody. Even in the final battle when Christ returns with all of his saints and the angels And the devil is called out onto the battlefield and the false prophet and the Antichrist. Even when that happens, there will not be some big war. There's not gonna be some big, huge, uh, that lasts for six months. It's not gonna work like that. The Bible says that Christ will consume all of his enemies with the breath of his mouth or his nostril. Think about that. You know why? Because there's nobody on his level. There's nobody in his league so he can't, the devil's not his rival. There's, the, dev, the devil doesn't even hold a, stand a chance. He's not on his level. He's not in his league. He's Jehovah Elohim. He's the most high Lord of all Lords, God of all gods. There's nobody like him. There's nobody above him. There's nobody beside him. There's nobody close to him. There's nobody close to him. That'll make you run around your house. <laughs> AJ said, so Jesus isn't depending on me to share that arm wrestling meme so he can defeat Satan? <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think about. I've seen that on Facebook. I've seen it other places. It's so ridiculous. You got Jesus sitting at a table, arm wrestling, you know, and Satan's looking on the other side, looking all jacked with muscles, you know, they're going back and forth. It ain't like that. He's so far under our feet. He's already defeated. He's already been stripped. He's nothing. He is nothing to the body of Christ. Because we serve the God that's above every other God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What was that? Number six. Let me go back. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Number seven. Um, he is Jehovah Sitkenu. That's another weird spelling. T S I D. T S I D K E N U. T S I D. K E N U. He's Jehovah Sitkenu. What does that mean? He's the Lord our righteousness. Whew. He is the Lord our righteousness. This is next level, man. Let me tell you. So we have uh, we have Jehovah Mekadesh, which we've already talked about. That's the Lord our who sanctifies us, the Lord who makes us holy. But then Jehovah Sitkenu. This is the God of our righteousness. Why? Well. Isaiah declared. Did, any, did anybody lose the stream at all? Or are we still good? We good? Just making sure nobody lost it. All right, good. Just making sure nobody lost the stream because it looked like for a minute we lost it. Um, we didn't have the ability to be in right standing with God. We don't, have, we don't have the ability to be in right standing with God without God making a way, right? Without God making a way. And so he becomes our righteousness, right? So if we go over to 2 Corinthians 5, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Christ is the one who gave us access to righteousness, right? Christ who was sinless, according to 2 Corinthians 5, he was made to be sin, right? He that knew no sin was made to be sin. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ, glory to God, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So now we have access to divine righteousness because of what Jesus did. And he is Jehovah Sitkinu, he's God of our righteousness. Now understand, holiness is the actions you take to be set apart unto God but righteousness is the position you're standing in, right? Think of righteousness as right standing. I have been placed in right standing with God. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That will make you shout that I have been placed by Jesus in right standing with God and now he is the God of my righteousness. I had no way to be righteous. I had no way to come into his family. I had no way to experience his benefits. I had no way to gain an inheritance from him. And then Christ did what he did through that redemptive act and put us in the body of Christ. And now we're in right standing with God. And he is the Lord God, our righteousness. Whew. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's number seven, Jehovah Sitkenu. Let me give you the next one. Number eight. Number eight, look at this. He is Jehovah-Rohi, R-O-H-I, Jehovah-Rohi. This is awesome. This is something you find right in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. What was the result of that? I shall not want. I shall not want. David recognized that about God, that God is his shepherd. Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd, Psalm 23, which means that God has the ability to lead his people perfectly and supernaturally. Uh, You know, you go, go through. I mean, this is the picture of God with his children. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'll have no lack, I'll have no want. He makes me to lie down in what kind of pastures? Green. He leads me beside what kind of waters? Still, peaceful waters, green pastures, plenty to eat. He restores my soul, leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, glory to God, powers me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Protection you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, provision, blessing. You anoint my head with oil, power. My cup overflows, increase. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's he talking about? He's talking about Jehovah-Rohi. He is the God, your shepherd. Did you know in Isaiah 48, That's why I encouraged you guys, and we gave it away one month, encouraged you guys to get that book, Uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It is a powerful revelation of what a shepherd is and what he does and what Psalm 23 means practically. Powerful. But uh, one of the things that, that Isaiah wrote, Isaiah 48, 17, recorded the words of God. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. Hallelujah, I'm teaching you to profit and leading you in the way that you should go. So he is Jehovah Rohi. He is the Lord who is our shepherd. Praise God. That's it. The names of God are eternal. Who he was then, he is today. Amen. That's exactly right. Who he was then, he still is today. I'll give you the next one, number nine. He is Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah. And this means the Lord is there. Put that in S-H-A-M-M-A-H. S-H-A-M-M-A-H, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. So what does that mean? Well, this is the... um, the name that they assigned in the temple or the tabernacle in Jerusalem, um, indicating that the Lord's presence was there in the temple, in the tabernacle. If you'll remember, there was a time where the glory of the Lord had departed from Israel. You remember that? Ichabod, the glory of the Lord had departed from Israel. There was a time where the glory of the Lord was lost and it was gone, but now, as they're celebrating Ezekiel chapter 48, we can go there and look, uh, that they're declaring in the temple, in the tabernacle, the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Look at this, Ezekiel 48 and uh, verse 35. The Bible says, this is the last verse of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 48, and verse 35, listen to this. The circumference of the city shall be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city from that time on shall be, the Lord is there. Or if you're reading it in the original Hebrew, Jehovah, Yahweh, uh, Shama, The Lord is there. Jehovah, Shama. Glory to God. And let me tell you what's powerful about that. We don't ever have to wonder in this modern day, now that we are in the body of Christ. You don't ever have to wonder. There's people that sit sit back and say, I just don't know where God is in all of this. You know, Have you ever heard somebody say something like that? I don't know where God is in all of this. I've just seen so much happen. I'm just wondering, where is God? Put a hand up in the comments. If you've heard people make those kinds of comments, those kinds of, uh, you know, uh, you, you hear it, Commonly among among some Christians. I've seen so much happen, and I wonder where is God and all of this? And where, where is the Lord? And you hear people talk like that. What do you mean, where is the Lord? First of all, the Holy Spirit is living in you. Secondly, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and God's on the throne. He hasn't moved. You don't have to wonder where he is. You don't have to go on a search for him. He has not moved. The Lord is there. And you can literally look in the mirror, point in your belly. And say, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Because he has filled you with his Holy Spirit. The Lord is there. In fact, I encourage you, go go into your, uh, in front of your mirror, in your closet, or wherever you get dressed. Point at yourself when you wake up in the morning. And say, thank you, Lord, for Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. You have filled me with your spirit. You have filled me with your power. You have to ask, where's I don't know where the Lord is. He's within you. The Holy Spirit, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives within you. Christ is on the throne at the right hand of the Father and God has not moved. He is on the throne. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Don't act like he's not there, he's there. And you've got victory because his presence is with you. Christ said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The Lord is there. Thank you, Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Number 10. i get got two more for you before we pray. Number 10. It is Jehovah Sabaoth. That's S-A-B-A-O-T-H. S-A-B-A-O-T-H. Jehovah Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. This is powerful right here, man. (laughs) The Lord of hosts one way to say it, the word hosts actually means hordes. Hordes. Hordes of armies. Hordes of soldiers. Hosts. If you you look at the um, passages that in the Old uh, Testament or in the New, like in the Gospels, the Lord of hosts. If you look into newer uh, translations of the Bible, you know what it'll say? The Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies. That's what the hosts are. They're the hordes, the hordes of heaven. Glory to God. That's Jehovah Sabaoth. He is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. Do you realize heaven's armies are backing you up? Thank you, Jesus. He is the Lord of heaven's armies and they are backing you up. The Bible tells us so in Hebrews chapter one. Let me turn there and just Encourage your faith before I give you the last one. The Bible says regarding angels, verses 13 and 14, Hebrews 1, verses 13 and 14, and to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? If you've inherited salvation, then angels are ministering spirits that are sent out to work on your behalf. Who sent them? Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. Heaven's armies are working on your behalf. They're protecting you. They're helping you. They're ministering to you. Hallelujah. You don't know. Maybe they went out ahead of you and moved obstacles out of the way. Maybe they went out and kept you from a car accident, made crooked places straight. I mean, who knows how God has used angelic assistance to help you and your family. Maybe they've saved your life today. You don't know, but they're working in the unseen realm. God, who is the Lord of heaven's armies, <laughs> has at his disposal hordes of angels, armies in heaven. He is a God of war. And Jesus, according to scripture, is the commander of the Lord's armies. Jesus is the commander of the Lord's armies. Let me give you the last one. And that is this, El Roy, R-O-I. The first word, El, God, Roy, R-O-I. The God of seeing, the God who sees you. Go back to Genesis chapter 16. He's the God who sees you, the God who sees. And this is a, a name that uh, Hagar ascribed to God, and she was driven out by Sarah in uh, Genesis chapter 16, and then she met the angel of the Lord in the wilderness. He's the God who sees. I heard, I heard, I heard a country preacher preaching this one time. Said, "How am I glad he's Elroy? I mean, it's, it's not Elroy like his, like John Elroy. It's it's Elroy." <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many? Glad he's Elroy. <laughs> many, somebody gotta give God thanks for Elroy. It's not Elroy like John. <laughs> like he was trying to say John Elway and said Elroy. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was George Jetson's son, uh, and it's not Leroy, and it's not Elroy, and it's not Elway. It's Elroy, <laughs> R O I, and, and this is what it says. And she met the angel. She met the angel of the Lord in the wilderness after she'd been driven out by Sarah. And I want you to see it as she meets the angel of the Lord, and uh, notice this. I'll start with verse ten. Um, no, actually let me start in verse seven, Genesis sixteen seven, and I'll read down through the angel of the Lord found her that's Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness and the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? And where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You'll call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man and his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Verse 13, here it is. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her You are a God of seeing, for she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Glory to God. I have seen him who looks after me. And that's something that'll bring you peace and joy, is to know that he is the God who sees you. He's the God. In fact, did you know that the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmity? We have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He's the God who sees, he knows. When I was growing up, there was a song we used to sing, Jesus knows all about my trouble and he will guide till the day is done. He's not uh, unaware of what you're going through. He's not unaware of what you're dealing with. He's the God who sees, he's El Roy. He is the God who's watching you, he sees you. And I love how she said it here in uh, that passage. She said, it's the, he's the God who sees me in my distress or in my trouble, what I'm dealing with. I wanna encourage you. I know you might be going through an attack of the enemy, but I wanna encourage you with this thought today. God has his eyes upon you. The Bible declares his eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. First Peter chapter three. His ears are open to their prayers. He not only sees you today and sees what you're dealing with and sees what you're going through. He hears you today. He hears your prayers today. And whatever you're dealing with, we're going to pray right now and ask the Lord to touch you supernaturally. Whatever it is that might be harassing your family, your mind, your body. Listen, if you're sick, he's Jehovah Rapha. If he's attack, if the devil's attacking your peace, he's Jehovah Shalom. Remember this if he's trying to come against you and take you out of the kingdom, God is your God of righteousness. He's Jehovah Sitkanu. Listen, if you need victory, you're going through a battle right now, don't forget, he is Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner of victory, amen. He is what you need him to be and his eyes are upon you today. He's watching over you, he's listening for your prayer and he wants to answer your prayer. So let me pray for you today. Father, I pray for my uh, precious friends, those that are watching, part of those that are the Victory Tribe, those that are listening on the podcast, I ask you today to touch them right where they are. Whatever it is that they've been struggling with, battling, dealing with, let today be a day of breakthrough in Jesus' name. I take authority over sickness and disease. We thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. I take authority over depression and anxiety, and I thank you that you're Jehovah Shalom, the God that gives us peace, I thank you, Lord, that every fiery dart of the wicked one is being quenched today by the shield of faith in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have the name that's above every other name. And at that name, every knee has to bow. That includes every demon, every sickness, every disease, all depression, every addiction. It must bow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we thank you that from this day forward, we have total victory in Jesus' name. If you believe that, throw some hands up and throw some fire up in the comments section and thank God that it's quickly coming to pass in Jesus' name. It's quickly coming to pass in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It's yours. It is yours in Jesus' name. Throw it up. Let me know you're standing with me, believing God. Hallelujah. Again, don't forget, we are here in Elizabeth City uh, all the way through Sunday night under the tent. People are being healed. Last night, deaf person after deaf person, hard of hearing after hard of hearing, healed by the power of God. The night before, I shared the clip on Twitter uh, a young man that was blind, God opened his eye. His grandmother brought him three hours away. And God opened his eye. He started jumping, dancing, shouting, hugging his grandmother. I mean, power of God's been hitting. If you need a touch, get in the car, get here. It'll bless you. Let me challenge you today to sow a seed by faith. Sow something that the Lord is speaking to you to sow. It's it's whatever it might be. It's different for everybody, but take a step of faith. And I'm telling you, my wife and I are stepping out. This is the biggest year uh, of, Dedication to the kingdom we've ever had, doing the biggest things we've ever done to reach souls before it's too late. Uh, we've got the Victory Tribe Homecoming weekend coming up, and I'm getting ready to share some some new things. Man, I'm so excited. Now I'm on television, over 180 nations of the world, people being saved all over the place. And uh, I wanted to, to put this in your hand in the month of August, and those the, for the couple of days we have left, um, for those that are sowing this month, no matter what it is you're sowing, I wanna put this book in your hand by Pastor Mark Hankins, The Bloodline of a Champion, The Power of the Blood of Jesus. And uh, whatever you're sowing, we say thank you. And this is our gift to you. If you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, let us know where to send this book to say thank you. Uh, We do appreciate you. And then those of you that are sowing $1,000 or more, I'm gonna include with that the uh, net study Bible, 60,000 translator's notes that will help you in your Bible study. Again, Bible Study Made Simple is getting ready to reopen here in the month of October, just about a month and a half. And um, if you wanna get on that list, because it's only open for a short period of time, and there's already well over a 100 people that are waiting to get in, if you wanna join us for Bible Study Made Simple, uh, go to bible.miracleword.com, bible.miracleword.com, You can check everything out on that page and then you can um (laughs) that's funny bonnie then you can sign up to get on the waitlist she said anytime you try to hit the heart button to love something what pops up is an angry face (laughs) i'll just take it to mean you love me uh hope youtube doesn't allow the hashtag donate uh if you're going to do that you have to do it either on facebook or twitter but uh, for some reason youtube has not gotten gotten on that train yet you can go to the website you can give digitally Uh, I say thank you. You can see all the ways to give on the screen. Thank you very much for those that are sowing. Thank you to our partners, um, those that are standing with us on a monthly basis. If you've not considered doing that, let me encourage you. Pray and ask the Lord what it is that he would have you to do every single month as we're moving forward and seeing souls saved and miracles take place. I'm telling you, God's moving all over America. It's awesome. I'm very, very excited about what's to come. Very excited. And uh, so, those of you that are partners, the banquet I believe is completely full, but everybody's welcome on that uh, Friday night, October the 28th, um, to be a part of the miracle service we're going to have in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Friday, October 28th. Uh, we want to see you there. Look forward to seeing. I see if we have. I don't know if I have that. I do. There it is. The Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend, October 28th is a Friday. That's our, uh, there's no seat. Oh, there's there are seats still available. Uh, so there are a few seats still available, Tiffany said, uh, for the banquet. So if you've not RSVP'd yet, we do have a few more left. I thought we were out already. We're down to the last. Um, seats are still available, Tiffany is saying. And so uh, if you received it, let in there's still time. Good news, seats are still available. So if you'd like to get in on it and be with us for these two days, Um, You can go to uh, what we emailed you and what we sent you in the mail to RSVP and let Jenna know that you're coming uh, so that we can plan to host you there at the the homecoming weekend. So uh, just a few seats available. Can't wait for it. It's October 28th and 29th. I cannot wait to see you guys. It's going to be phenomenal. I love you. Listen, have a wonderful and a blessed day. We're live tonight again, seven o'clock from under the tent. If you can get here, get here. I will see you in the morning uh, on the broadcast, 10.30 a.m. I love you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.